Thanks for listening to another episode of Parkview on the Go. I'm Nathan, one of our pastors, and it's been really fun to talk with so many of you who stay connected to our church community by subscribing to our podcast. That being said, I want to say hey to Floyd, who's listening down in Texas. We love you and are thankful that you're a part of the Parkview family. And to everyone listening, I would love to hear from you and help you get the resources you need to keep growing in your faith. So email me at online at parkvchurch.com and we can start that conversation. Today, Pastor Todd Clark continues our journey through Psalm 23 in message number four of our teaching series called Greatest of All Time. I pray that just like every time we're together, you are challenged to take steps toward God. I'll be back at the end to share a couple of things and to close us out. Enjoy the service. As praise goes up, I believe.
welcome uh, this weekend to Parkview Online. And uh, this is Halloween weekend. And uh, over the last few days, the social media channels of Parkview have done this little thing where they've asked, what do you want to see Todd uh, dressed up as? And uh, the, the top three answers that came back were uh, Buddy the Elf and Rambo and Pastor Tim. And obviously, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. But uh, we do have an incredible tech team around here at Parkview. And so they did put together what that trifecta, if you will, uh, would look like. So take a look at this. This is Pastor Tim with, you know, like the buddy, the elf hat and a little scarf and then kind of Rambo's chest. Or actually, maybe that's just Pastor Tim's chest. I'm not even sure there's any difference between Pastor Tim's chest and Rambo's chest, but that's actually what that, you know, would, would look like. So anyway, uh, I'm, I'm so glad you're here as we continue our series, The Greatest of All Time. And usually when we're talking about the greatest of all time, we're talking about the world of sports. And I want you to know that from about third grade through college, I collected sports cards. In fact, I had so many sports cards, but by the time that Renee and I got married, I set up a booth at a sports card show for a weekend, and I sold enough cards that weekend to put 20% down on our first house. I mean, that's a lot of sports cards, right? And I still have thousands of sports cards today. And here's the deal. Whenever you're collecting sports cards, you're trying to really discern who's going to be the GOAT, right? Who's going to be the greatest of all time? Because I want to get a whole bunch of their sports cards. And when I was collecting cards back in the late 80s, early 90s, when it came to football, here's who I thought the GOAT was when it comes to football. Barry Sanders, he was just the goat, man. He could make anybody miss. This is a 1989 score rookie card of Barry Sanders, and he was the goat. When it comes to baseball, here's who I thought was the goat. And some of you are really going to appreciate this. I thought it was Frank Thomas, the, the big hurt, right? I mean, I love Frank Thomas. This is his 1990 Leaf rookie card. This was the rookie card you really wanted to get. It was the most valuable rookie card. And then, of course, you know, late 80s, early 90s, when you're talking about basketball, number 23, Michael Jordan. And that was 1986 that was his rookie. And if you had one of his Fleer rookie cards, if you had collected some of those back in 1986 and just had two or three of them, you would probably be able to pay off your house about right now. This right here is not his 86 rookie card, but it's an 86 rookie sticker of Michael Jordan. And it's still worth some pretty good some pretty good cash. And so here's the thing. In, in the world of sports, there's just all kinds of debate on who's the goat in football or baseball or basketball and that sort of thing. But when it comes to the Bible and the book of Psalms, chapter 23 is the greatest of all time. And we've been realizing that over the course of the last few weeks in our study. So let's pick it up today and see where we've been the last few weeks Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3, I'm going to read this from the King James Version because that's what we have been studying. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now pause there for just a moment. 
I mean, no wonder Psalm 23 is considered the goat, right? I mean, who wouldn't want these kinds of images to color the way that we think about God? I mean, I get to lie around in green pastures. I get to hang out and, you know, sip a pina colada or an IPA by still waters. He restores and he refreshes my soul. Hello? I mean, that sounds fantastic, right? Sign me up. But take a look at today. Here's where our study goes today as we continue on into verse 4. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yay is the way it starts out. And it's not like yay, like yay, this is going to be awesome. It's like yay, listen up. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now listen. This is a definite departure from the first three verses. I mean, how did we get into the valley of the shadow of death? We we were just sitting in the green grass, you know, having a picnic with a pina colada, and now we are in the stinking valley of the shadow of death. By the way, Parkview, did you know that the valley of the shadow of death is an actual location it's in Palestine. It's, it's just south of the Jericho Road that leads down from Jerusalem to the Dead Sea. It's this narrow passageway in the mountains. It's said that it's about four miles long. It's, the walls on each side, as you can see from this picture, go up like 500 or 1,000 feet in some places. And, and, and in some places, it's only 10 or 12 feet wide at the bottom. And, and shepherds would have to travel through this valley of the shadow of death. And it was dangerous because of other wild animals and because of other bandits and, and things like that, it was a dangerous place for them to travel through. But they would do it to get their sheep to greener pastures. You see, the valley of the shadow of death is a real place in Palestine. And it's also a real place in each of our lives. Most of us, most of us have lived long enough to understand that life can move pretty quickly from green pastures to dark skies. Things were going along just fine in life. Your job was going well, your relationships were strong, you were doing great in school, you had success, you were saving money, and then like out of nowhere, in the very next verse of life, right? From like verse three to verse four, like in the next verse of life, sickness swooped in, or you lost your job, or You lost a loved one or a good friend or you were abandoned or you feel betrayed or you start out of kind of nowhere struggling and fighting depression. In life, it doesn't look as promising as it did just a few days ago or just a few weeks ago. You know, it's been said that every single one of us is in one of three places. One of three places. You're either going into a valley or you're in the middle of a valley or you're coming out of a valley. Maybe today you find yourself right now in a valley and you're struggling to remember what life was like you know, when the sun was shining and the sky was blue because the darkness has kind of overtaken you. Let's do this today. Let's dig into verse four and let's find some guidance for the storms and the valleys of life. We've been reading this in the King James Version, but in the NIV Version, it says this. It says, even though, even though, 
I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Everybody say, even though, right where you are, just say it, even though. You know what that means? It means that valleys are inevitable. I love what 1 Peter chapter 4 says. It says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Storms and valleys are to be expected. And most of the time, we don't see them coming, right? I mean, does anyone else feel like this? Is anyone else saying like, shoot, I did not see a global pandemic on the calendar for this year. I mean, if I had asked you back in February, hey, what are your plans for this year? You probably would not have said, well, I'm definitely looking forward to skipping a family vacation and working from home and trying to figure out online school for all of our kids. I mean, I mean what? We are experiencing completely unexpected days. In 2020, we had planned graduation ceremonies and weddings and vacations and new careers and good health. But so much of that has been postponed or been just completely canceled. And if you're in the valley right now, just remember, even though, even though you lost your job, even though your marriage feels like it's on the rocks, even though your kids may be driving you crazy and you feel like you're a lousy parent, even though the stress and the worry and the anxiety of everything that is happening in this world is making it impossible for you to sleep at night, even though all of those things and maybe a hundred other things are true, you, listen, you will get through this. We will get through this. You see, Parkview, the word through, the word through is a key word in this verse. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We are not meant to camp out in the valley or to become addicted to storms. The place of shadows was never, ever meant to be a permanent home. And listen, listen, Parkview, even though we are in difficult days, we will get through this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it goes on to say this in verse four, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. You know, this weekend is Halloween, and uh, I'm not sure how you feel about Halloween, if you support it or you embrace it or if you just ignore it and despise it. Uh, I was at Pastor Tim's this weekend, and I woke up uh, Halloween morning to people pounding on the door and me having no idea what was going on, and then I hear the pounding. I was like in bed because it was still early in the morning for me, like 6.30 a.m., and then I hear the pounding. Then I hear people coming into his house, and so I'm freaking out, and I, I put on some clothes, and I go downstairs, and it's people coming in with carpet and all kinds of tools. They're getting ready to carpet somewhere in Pastor Tim's house, and so I'm like, thank you, Tim, like, you know, trick or treat, right? 
I mean, it's kind of, kind of crazy. But anyway, this is Halloween weekend. And, and I don't know how things exactly go in your neighborhood, but in California, people go crazy with, cali- with, with costumes. And they decorate their yards. They decorate their homes. They transform their homes oftentimes into haunted houses where you actually have to walk in through the yard, into the haunted house, into the living room or the kitchen where it's dark. They have fog machines going. There's music. They have, you know, like people with chainsaws without the chains, hopefully. And, you know, just to get candy. And I can remember when my kids were little, I would walk into these haunted houses with them. And as we walked up there, I mean, there's all kinds of screaming, you know, going on, not from the kids, but from me. I mean, I'm the dad and I'm freaking out. And I always wondered, why my little kids would subject themselves to that dark and scary experience. Did they just love candy that much? And then as I reflect on those days, like how did they do it? Here's what I've come to realize. First of all, they knew the experience, they knew they would get through it. They knew from experience they would get through this. They weren't going to live in the haunted house forever. In the scope of their week, this was a very short time, a very short experience. They'd get through it. Secondly, they were walking with me. They were not entering the darkness alone. And as they walked through those shadows and through that darkness, each of those little kids had a grip in my hand that a WWE wrestler could not have pried loose. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You know, over the last few months of this coronavirus pandemic, One of the things that has really stuck with me is the number of people who are alone. Being alone during dark days and in valleys is not good. You might be watching this online right now and you're alone. You you feel isolated. Or maybe you're going to be coming to one of our campuses this weekend and, and even in the midst of hundreds of people, you feel very alone. Listen to me for a moment, Parthia. I'm very, very serious about this. If you feel alone, if you feel despair, if you feel depressed, if you feel lonely, here's what I need you to do. If you need help, here's what I want you to do. I want you to type in that chat box right now on the side of wherever you're watching, just type this, I need to connect. Just type in there, I need to connect. Or you can text I need to connect to 708-295-3729. I need to connect. Because listen, you are not alone. This is your church home. We are with you. We are together. And the shepherd is not a long-distance guide. He enters the shadows with us. I will fear no evil. For you are with me. And then the verse goes on to say, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Do you know what that means? That means that the good shepherd, that God is close. Here's here's the staff that Pastor Tim has been using and showing us the last few weeks in this series. You know, this staff right here, it's, it's about three to five, maybe six feet long. 
That's the distance of a staff. That's also the distance of the good shepherd. That's how close the good shepherd is. He's not on another hill where he can't see you. He's not in another city where he can't get with you. He is close. He's like this close. He's like this far from you. And I believe, I believe with all my heart that if we could see somehow today beyond our humanness, we would see that God and his angels are surrounding us and they're guiding us and they're protecting us. Friends, listen, listen to this. Do not equate your darkness with God's distance. Don't equate your darkness with God's distance. I love what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 43. Uh, Take a look at this. It says, when you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And that's so good. And I love what Pastor Tim said in week number two of this series. Here's what Pastor Tim said. We'll put it up on the screen. He said, what calms the sheep is not the absence of predators, but the presence of the shepherd. Not the absence of predators, but the presence of the shepherd. Listen, Psalm 23 does not promise us the absence of shadows or hard times or depression or anxiety or fear, but it does promise us the presence of the shepherd. You know, have you ever heard that phrase, a come to Jesus moment? Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard people talk about that? Have you ever heard people say something like, oh man, seriously. I mean, I mean, back then, that day, that, that was like, that, that was a come to Jesus moment for me. You ever heard people say that kind of thing? A come to Jesus moment? A come to Jesus moment is usually a season of pain or difficulty or darkness that makes a person like recognize their need for God. Maybe today, maybe today, right now, needs to be like a come to Jesus moment for you. Maybe the darkness and the depression of this pandemic combined with the promise and the truth of Psalm 23 has you in the midst of a come to Jesus moment. Here, here's how a come to Jesus moment works. Just in case like you're wondering, maybe some of you are saying, Todd, I don't really know what that even is. I don't know how to do that. I don't, I don't know what really that means. Here, here is how a come to Jesus moment works. You just come to Jesus. That's how a come to Jesus moment works. You just decide to come to Jesus. You just maybe say something like this. You just, you just say, you know what? I've been trying to do my family on my own. I, I've been trying to do like my kids on my own. I've been trying to do my marriage on my own. I've been trying to do my money on my own and, and, and my kids 
it's difficult and my marriage is like on thin ice and I'm not saving any money. Our money is coming near the end and I'm not, I can't do this. And you come to God, you come to Jesus and say, God, I'm coming to you with my family. I'm coming to you with my marriage. I'm coming to you with my job. I'm coming to you with our finances and my checking account and my saving account that is dwindling. And it's just a come to Jesus moment where you decide, I can't do this anymore, but you can, and you will lead me through this. Parkview, listen, as we go through this physical and emotional and social and financial and spiritual darkness that a lot of us are experiencing right now, this valley of the shadow of death type season, remember these two things. You will get through it. You will get through it. And secondly, the good shepherd is closer than you could imagine. You're gonna get through this, and the good shepherd is closer than you could imagine. As soon as you have that come to Jesus moment and turn to him, you'll realize, it's like three to five feet away, he's right there. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for Psalm 23 that helps us understand that you want good things for us. You want us to rest and to lie down by green pastures. God, that you want to restore and refresh our soul deep down inside of us. But God, not only that, you also want to walk with us, in front of us and beside us and behind us and above us and below us when we're going through dark, difficult times. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you that you are close and that if we just turn to you, we will find that you are right there to guide us through the darkness. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Psalm 23 and the truth that it speaks into our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have an awesome weekend, Parkview, and we'll see you next week as we continue in the greatest of all time series.
messages in this series have been such a good reminder that I need to pay more attention to the shepherd's voice in my own life. And as we close out, I just want to share something with you that's an example of the great things God is doing through our online community. Listen to this note we received recently. Last year, I hit a bump in my journey. Like everyone else, the pandemic has left me feeling isolated, but on top of that, moving here has separated me from my friends, family, my home church, and quite honestly, church in general. I've known for some time I need to find a church home. Well, tonight I felt the Spirit tell me, just look up a church now. Not tomorrow, not next week, but now. So I did and clicked the first church that popped up, and it was Parkview. I went to listen to a service and check it out, and it's one of those things when you know it's God, you know. It was a breath of fresh air and a piece of home. I know this is my next step, and I know this is the church God is leading me to. Isn't, isn't that awesome? That person has found a church home all because of the online community she experienced. So to everyone who has been so generous by supporting the mission of Parkview, thank you. You are helping people just like that find Jesus and find Jesus-centered community. And if you're ready to start supporting what God is doing here, it is really easy to get set up. Just text Parkview Online, all one word, to 77977 and follow the instructions on your screen. There is no better feeling than to know God has used your resources to change someone's life. Thanks again for spending time with us today. See you next time.